I've been hiking and biking, wandering and wondering, rising and falling, and hey, I even got to see Martin, our music man, play some live music today. It's usually exciting, sometimes tiring, and always the English Teacher John Show. And it's number 51. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is John Kunz. I live and work in Matsumoto, Japan, and I am your host for the English Teacher John Show and our other video and audio podcasts. Well, I'm a couple of days late, but I still want to say Happy Thanksgiving!、Uh, American Thanksgiving was、uh, last week, last Thursday, on November 23rd, I believe. And、uh, I talked to many of my family members on Thanksgiving.、Um, it's a time to give thanks for what you have in life, the good things that you have in life, your family, your friends.、Um, if you have enough, enough to eat, clothes,、uh, a room, a house,、uh, we give, it's a time to give thanks for. The good things in your life, the things that keep you alive, the things that make you happy. So, everyone out there, happy Thanksgiving. It really is one of my, I think it's, it, it was my favorite holiday when I was growing up.、Uh, it's just a lot of、uh, staying with family,、uh, watching TV together, eating lots of food, spending time together.、Uh, it's a little different.、Uh, it's a holiday that you're not really expected to give gifts. It's more about just being, being with family, spending time, eating together,、um, just not working. Go back to visit your family and stay with them for a day or two or three or four.、Uh, often it's a four day weekend. Most, many people have Friday off. Thanksgiving is always on a Thursday. So many people have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's a very busy traveling time. And. Happy Thanksgiving, and I hope、uh, many of you spent good quality time with your friends and family, the people you love. It's really a good time to be with the people you love. All right, well, we're just going to get right into the show uh, today. Uh, first, the index, a little table of contents.、Uh, in segment one, we'll have What's News? which is a few news stories that I discuss with my good friend. Who is from Austria, and his name is Elmar.、Uh, you'll find links to the、uh, news articles on our blog. At the end of the news segment, you'll hear a tech tip, a technology tip, or technical tip about a very useful Firefox browser extension called Dictionary Tooltip. Hey, I love this one. Uh, segment two is a short language segment about using participles, I N G and E D, participles.、Uh, after that, in segment three, we'll take a look at some English learning podcasts, and I'm calling this Podnobbin. <laughs>、uh, I'll take a look at some、uh, English learning podcasts. Podcasts that are out there on the internet and、um, take a look at some of their recent episodes.、Uh, in our fourth and final part of the show, I'll read a couple of famous quotations for you. Today's quotations are about youth, being young in age or young at heart. All right, let's get on with the show. 
What's news? Let's go to the English teacher John newsroom and talk about some new current news stories. All right. Well, with us today we've got、uh, Elmar. Elmar is a German language teacher at Shinshu University and、uh, one of my good friends here. Welcome to the show, Elmar. Thanks. Welcome. Nice to be here. Yeah. Good. Well, you know the English teacher John show. We've started、uh, some new、uh, a new segment. It's a news segment. So we're just、um, this is an English.、Uh, we use this for English learners around the world. So、uh, as you know, we speak slowly and clearly. Uh, Elmar's uh, first language. Elmar, what is your first language? My first language is German.、Mm. And how about English? Is it、yeah. a second or a third language? That's definitely second language. Second language.、Yeah. And、uh, Elmar, you have how? At what age did you start studying English? Ten, about ten or nine. Yeah, with nine years, I guess. Nine or ten. So Elmar's been.、Uh, Elmar is a, a fluent English speaker, but it's、uh, I think worthy to note. That it is not his first language. So we are going to talk about a news story.、Um, we've got a few lined up here.、Uh, first, I found an interesting piece here on uh, CNN uh, about a kidney bazaar in Pakistan.、Um, people, and I think this is kind of a poverty story. People who are poor and they they sell their kidneys. Yeah, it's it's a story that comes up from time to time. I、mm. I remember. This being a, a, a topic for quite a few times,、uh, I've, I've never heard about the different price scales in different countries. It says、mm. here、uh, in 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 China, for example,、uh, a kidney costs seven thousand seven thousand dollars, which seven、mm. thousand or seventy thousand seventy thousand. Sorry, seventy thousand. Yes,、yeah, true, seventy thousand and.、Um, So, kind of price price dumping in in these countries, right? By by kidney, a horrible story. So so people、um, here. The, the story is that uh, uh, local people in Pakistan are donating organs.、Uh, for example, in this story, kidneys, and they are receiving something like a thousand or two thousand dollars, or perhaps more. Or sometimes they're 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 cheated a bit, and the the person who ends up receiving the kidney、um, pays, according to the story, six thousand dollars to twelve thousand dollars, all the way up, as Elmar said, to seventy thousand、um, dollars. What what's wrong? Where people are out there selling their body parts? Is there is there something? Is it is it? Is it a good thing? Is it ethical? Is it、uh, something we should be worried about? Well, it's 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 hard to say. I mean, the the, the main issue is、uh, we people in、uh, industrial industrialized、uh, nations、mm. do not need to do so, to to use these kind of measures to to get money. So the, the the basic thing is, I think, if those people had the chance. To、uh, earn money or get money in another way, they would do it. And、um, do you have to be pretty desperate to sell your body parts,、uh, internal body parts,、uh, to sell a kidney? Do you think they're they're、uh, pretty desperate? It depends. It depends. It's hard to.、Uh, this article is is not directly talking to people who who are talking about people who is、uh, um, donated. No. Donated is maybe the, the wrong word. <laughs>、mm. um, sold the、uh, the kidney. It's it might be it might it might be possible they. It's not the last chance, but it's a a pretty good one. So、mm. uh, I, I I can't really say if 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 this is if those people are really desperate to get money or if it's just the easy way to go to、um, get some、mm. money. What do you think? A couple thousand dollars? It's probably a lot of money. I can't imagine when、mm. I I lived in India for those years, and、uh, people, you know, two, three, four hundred dollars was a really a lot of money there.、Um, probably annual income from for families could be three, four, five hundred dollars.、Mm. Could be something like that. So can you imagine being offered,、uh, you know, two thousand dollars 
four years yeah. salary to yeah and all you have to do is give up a body part hey you have two kidneys question is yeah how much what what would what would it cost mm. what would it cost would, i think i think uh we we're here living in japan i i don't think uh we would ever sell our body parts not not for a lot of money not for mm. a very lot of money what would it take elmar uh, million dollars Would you give up with a kidney? Give give up a kidney for a million dollars? I don't think so. No, no. It's not enough. It's not enough. It must be. It must be far far higher price. Two million. Two million. Ten million. Ten million. Yeah. Ten million. Yeah. Ten million dollar. But that that's it's just. <laughs> ten million. Okay. All right. Well, Elmar's given up a kidney. I'm going to contact this uh, bazaar in uh, in Pakistan. Uh, I. Further in the story, there uh, there's a, a young man who gave up uh, a kidney, and uh, he is unable to work. Uh, he's unable to work the way he did before. He uh, he can't walk properly or run, and uh, he's tired. And I think he has lots of problems. Young man, 22 years old. So I wonder if they tell these young people that uh, they may have. Although you do have another kidney, your body runs best at, with two kidneys and not one. There must be a reason why people are born with two kidneys. Mm. And right. um, yeah, that's another. St it's another story. Uh, what uh, kind of risk is uh, connected to an, an action like this? All right. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, it was an interesting story. All right. Let, let's uh, move on to our next story. Mm -hmm. Good idea. Well, Elmar, I came across a story here about Press Freedom, uh, an organization, Reporters Without Borders, and that's uh, rsf.org. Uh, North Korea, Turkmenistan, Eritrea are the worst violators of press freedom. So this is a story about freedom in the press, and uh, we'll first move to the bottom of the list. Uh, you can see... Uh, Saudi Arabia, Iran, China, Burma, or Myanmar, uh, Cuba, Eritrea, Turkmenistan, and North Korea at the bottom of the list. Uh, Northern European countries uh, did well in the survey. Uh, Finland, Iceland, Ireland, Netherlands, Czech Republic, Estonia, Norway, Slovakia, Switzerland, Hungary. All doing very well. Those are the top... Uh, in the top 10 on the list. So, Elmar, what do you think? Uh, let, let's talk a little bit. You're, you're from Austria. Yeah. Um, Austria has come in at number 16, and there are some ties in these positions. Yeah, that's together mm. with Bolivia, Canada. Yeah, and, Austria, um, Bolivia, Canada uh, together at, at number 16. How yeah. is the press uh, freedom in Austria? Yeah, it seems... Uh, um, according to this article, it seems it seems quite okay. I would say, uh, as um, somebody who's uh, closely looking at uh, what's going on in the Austrian press, I'm not I'm not I'm sometimes concerned, and I'm not always happy with what what I see, especially when we had uh, in the last years um, in the year 2000 there was the change from the socialist to the conservative uh, party mm. as, as the government governmental party and uh, now we get the change back this year we will see what what's going to happen but it was uh, very clear that the press plays a very important role in political life in, in Austria and uh, well it makes me it makes me confident for future if if I see that there is not that much going on in Austria uh, mm. concerning press violation Yeah, I, I mean, Austria at number 16, and uh, it's much better than uh, my home country and adopted country. Uh, the United States um, has slipped to uh, number uh, 53rd, 5-3. So uh, the U.S. and Japan also slipping down to number 51 in uh, Freedom of the Press uh, ranking or survey. So uh, specifically, I know there's there was a problem with a, a blogger who was uh, imprisoned uh, 
um, and in, in the United States, as well as uh, some connection with a reporter from Al Jazeera who is in Guantanamo, Bo Guantanamo Bay being held for uh, four or five years. So, uh, yeah, I'm not happy to see that uh, both my home country and my adopted country, uh, my home country, the United States, my adopted country where I now live, Japan, both slipping down in press freedom. Do you, do you think the war against terrorism uh, plays a role, or let's see the, let's say that the military actions of the U.S. plays a role in this kind of? Yeah, yes, I I think that um, fear is being used by politicians, and they are using fear to push a lot of new policies and a lot of new laws, um, and I think that. Uh, It, it also includes uh, restricting some freedoms in the press. Uh, I know um, there, there's always, there's been some periods of time where it's really considered unpatriotic to, to write something against the current thinking or the current uh, leaders, the current administration. So I, I, I can certainly understand why the U.S. has slipped down. And I think... Uh, The United States is supposed to be one of the leaders of freedom and open thinking and open society, freedom of press and freedom of speech. So I, I hope that they do a better job in the next few years. Yeah, freedom or not, but I think, I think uh, the U.S. are a very good example for a country uh, which has to control the press in a certain extent in order to be able to lead wars. Uh, mm. I mean, yes. whether you want it or not, uh, whether the war is uh, justified or not, it's still, you need to uh, mm. persuade the people of your country that it's necessary to lead a war, for example. Right, so, right. Especially maybe when your reasons are not so, so good. It, 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 yeah. certainly, it helps the case to put pressure on the press and not... Um, not wanting to hear opposing views on it mm. when you're trying to lead the country in one direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all right. Well, let's let's hope that uh let's hope that some of these countries uh let's hope there's more freedom in all the countries, not just the uh the western or the open democracies, but across the globe. Let's hope for it. Mm -hmm. Well, here's a story that's close to my heart and probably yours, Elmar. We're both teachers. Uh, we both spend a fair amount of time in the classroom with students. Uh, I came across a story about civility or student behavior in the classroom. Um, and this was a, uh, a, a teacher, a professor, I believe, at um, a management university, uh, a professor of management at a university in the United States, saying that uh, students have uh, worse worsening behavior the, the behavior their behavior is getting worse and for example um, they answer their cell phones they are text messaging their friends they're playing games on their computers just not good behavior uh, in the classroom do you, well, do, have you had any experiences like this no not really I think uh, we here in Japan uh, can call ourselves quite lucky Mm. Only the only problem we have is uh, students sleeping in our class. <laughs> which, yes, which is <laughs> which is no no um, recently learned behavior by the students, but uh, kind of a tradition it seems uh, that's mm. hard to overcome. But um, what this article is mainly talking about, uh, interestingly, is is not the students being impolite or something like that. It's it's more like. Uh, The teacher here or the professor here is complaining about students' attention drawn to different kind of things, not just class, not mm. just him, not just the teacher, but also technical devices of uh, different mm. kinds and uh, communication uh, devices and stuff. So um, yeah, and I I think the what I found interesting was um, she the the woman professor. Uh, says, yes, this is bad behavior, but it's not their fault. They are just a reflection of society. Um, it's the same behavior we see uh, out in the general society. People 
being distracted with their cell phones or multitasking. They're trying to talk to you and push buttons on their cell phone and having a look at the TV and listening to music all at the same time. Mm. And uh, they're just taking that same behavior and bringing it into the classroom. They're used to it in their normal lives and they just continue it in the classroom. Yeah, what I was thinking about uh, reading the article is maybe she's also complaining about students listening to podcasts uh, during class. Mm. <laughs> maybe they're listening to the English Teacher yeah. John show. <laughs> <laughs> Now that would be okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you can you could you could actually uh, try to 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 find out what what are you doing when you when you're listening to uh, the English Teacher John podcast. But probably you're running, probably you're cooking. Mm. Or something like that. So, uh, what you're doing is is you're multitasking. You're trying to multitask mm. and, and do a lot of things and just at the same time. And podcasts are mm. very useful. <laughs> to is is it a good thing? Can can you learn in the classroom? Can can you have a good learning experience uh, where students are able and encouraged, or th they're doing some kind of multitasking? Or should we discourage this if they're playing with cell phones and laptop computers? Do do mm. they need to put these things away and focus on the, the 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 teacher or focus on the lesson? I guess I guess the main problem is you you have you're having no as a teacher you're having no control over what what's happening parallel right. to your class. If you had, for example, if you had a e-learning classroom where students are where, where you can. In a way, control what they're doing. They're, for example, they're visiting a, a website. You know what they, what, what's right. what's going on there. So, in this case, you probably can use it. You can use it in your class. But the problem this uh, professor is uh, talking about is is somewhat different. It's like students uh, see the classroom experience as a part of what they are doing. 20% attention here, 20% mm. attention here, 20% right. attention here. And uh, I think she's pointing out, right, that um, this is what students do in their private life, too. Right. This is what right. students do all the time. And uh, this is what I wanted to say about listening to podcasts. I mean, when you listen to podcasts, you usually do another thing. Right. Driving your car, riding your bike. For yeah. me, I'm listening to a podcast and riding my bike. Now, that's mm -hmm. two things. I try not to do more than mm -hmm. two at a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think maybe we should be teaching students or um, in society in general that there's a time for multitasking and there's a time for concentration and single tasking. Mm -hmm. Maybe both have their places um, in the classroom and general society. Maybe we need to ch we need to know, is this a situation where I should be doing a few things at the same time, or is this a situation where I need to focus on one thing at a time? Maybe that's what we should teach. Mm -hmm. For example, yeah, it's mm. on on the other hand a uh, uh, a general social. You you need to in everyday life you need to to learn how to focus on the main thing. Look at the websites. Look at uh, home pages or a lot of things are going on at the same time you have to find out the information you need and uh, yeah you're competing as a teacher in this situation you're competing it's not you're, you're like in an advertisement yeah mm. you're competing with the attention of attention on different kind of things so you, right. you're trying to get the attention of the students and Maybe the game, the computer game, is more interesting at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to be better teachers so that our lesson, yeah. the activities we uh, create in the classroom and yeah. oversee, um, they should be interesting enough so that uh, students would rather do our lesson than play uh, on a on a web page or play a game or, mm. or play around with their cell phone. Brings us back to entertaining teaching. Entertaining teaching, right. Are we edutainers? In a way, yeah. Mm. Yes. Whether we have, mm. a, uh, yeah, whether our students have computers in the classroom or uh, little Game Boys or whatever or not, we're still, we're entertainers, yeah. There's, there's an aspect of, of entertainment. Yeah, you just, just see how many classroom hours the, do students have per week. I think the amount of, of time 
people spend on their education increased during the last hundred years or two hundred mm. years to an uh, yeah to an extent where they probably think they miss something if they don't play computer games during class. Yeah. Well, I am uh, somewhat a little bit flexible, but I uh, I think I'm going to put a box outside the. Uh, the classroom on the days that I really need their full attention, uh, and they'll just have to drop their cell phones and their other gadgets into the box before they enter the classroom. You like, <laughs> like, like the guns in the Wild West. <laughs> like the guns in the Wild West. All right, drop your guns and your Game Boys right in the box here. All right, well, maybe we've had enough news today. Uh, I, I'm going to save our most serious story for the end. Uh, this, now, this story comes to us uh, from a small town in Brazil, Novo Santo Antonio, a small town in, uh, I think it's in Mato Grosso State. Uh, this town is, uh, the mayor has decided to give free Viagra to the elderly people in town. Now that's <laughs> now I that that's a way to make people happy. I think is this yeah. uh, is this what we need to do? Give out Vi uh, Viagra? Is this uh, well, first, is this a good way to make the townspeople happy? The elderly people? Yeah. First question is make people happy, or the program is called Pinto Alegre, <laughs> and. Um, we might, we might have to that. beat that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say what that what that is in English. No, happy, I don't. Happy parts. Yeah, <laughs> not people. <laughs> not people. <laughs> not people. And uh, well, the mayor says uh, the the elderly population has changed and much happier. It's a. Uh, it's all it's good a, news then. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it's. Definitely an eccentric way to make people happy um, and uh, to to start a social program. And um, well, is it going to spread? Is it going to happen? Uh, are, are other municipalities, other towns, going to read this story and and think about doing it themselves? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, if if I were an inhabitant of of the uh, neighbor town, neighbor village, mm. and I'm over sixty, I would. I uh, I would go to my mayor and ask him if he is going to do the same for me too. I mean, I, I thought old people took walks and played with their grandkids mm. and read books. Mm. Um, it, it, isn't that enough? Do, do they do they really need? Uh, is Viagra that uh, that important uh, for the elderly? I guess so. I mean, if I if I'm <laughs> trying to. Um, think myself in, in this situation, I would say, no, it's not enough. It's not <laughs> enough. <laughs> uh, so I think uh, maybe in uh, 20 or 30 years, hmm. me and you should, uh, w we should come back to this story. We and, should, uh, yeah. See, see how we feel about this. <laughs> right now it sounds a bit weird. In, uh, in 30 years, uh, maybe we'll, yeah. Yeah, it's, we, we're coming back to this topic we had before about uh, the fun society, students uh, playing computer games during classes, mm. and uh, yeah, getting the most fun of, out of your life in uh, every aspect. Well, the story says that, you know, the good news is, uh, you know, we always have good, good news and bad news with, these, with a lot of these kinds of stories. Uh, the good news is the, uh, the elderly... Um, the men and the women, the the elderly of the town, are um, they've they're happier. Uh, the downside is that uh, the men are uh, kind of going beyond their relationships and uh, reaching out. So mm -hmm. the <laughs> the little pills have uh, forced maybe created a bit of infidelity. Some romances on the side. Mm. Yeah, people getting overexcited. <laughs> All right, well, um, I, I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to some of our news stories. Uh, Elmar, thank you very much for coming along and discussing the news with us. Uh, I think we'll have you back again soon. Yeah, okay, definitely coming back. Thank you very much. 
up to now, we haven't had tech tips in the English Teacher John Show. That's right, technical tips or technology tips. Tech tips. Well, we're going to start right now with our very first tech tip. And I think it's a really useful one. You know, I really like the Firefox browser. I don't like to use Internet Explorer. Um, I like Firefox's uh, ease of use, its clean interface, speed, and best of all, the ability to add features to it. Yes, Firefox extensions. And these are also called add-ons. Here's one of my favorite Firefox extensions. It's called Dictionary Tooltip. That's a T-O-O-L-T-I-P. It's a Dictionary Tooltip by Rahul Jona. R-A-H-U-L-J-O-N-N-A. And uh, I've put the uh, link on the, uh, at the transcript on our blog. Uh, you can find it. Now, um, you'll have the link, so you can go there and uh, you'll see it's Dictionary Tooltip by Rahul Jonah. And uh, you'll click on the Install Now button. So go to the link that's uh, on our blog. Uh, click on the Install Now button. Um, once it's installed... You'll have to restart Firefox. And then you can double-click to select any word. So this is while you're looking at any web page with your Firefox browser. Um, you can click, you can double-click to select any word. And you'll see a small red box appear. So you double-click and then a small red box appears. Um, if you... If you move the mouse pointer uh, onto the red box or into the red box, you'll see a pop-up window that shows the definition for that word and a lot of other information. Hey, that's pretty good, huh? Any, uh, any web page that you're looking at, if you have Firefox, uh, the Firefox browser, and if you install the dictionary tooltip, you can double-click any word, and uh, you'll see a small box, and you move the mouse pointer to that box, and you'll get the definition in English. Yeah, well, I like that one. Uh, I also found one, I think it's called Backward for Japanese language. Uh, if you want to uninstall or disable this or any other uh, Firefox extension or add-on, uh, on the Firefox menu, you can click Tools, then click Add-ons, and you'll see that uh, all of your add-ons and extensions will be shown. Uh, I should say they will show up there, and you can disable them or remove them. Uh, a website that has many different Firefox extensions is called extensionhunter.com e-x-t-e-n-s-i-o-n-h-u-n-t-e-r.com extensionhunter.com all right well that is your very first and i hope useful tech tip on the english teacher john show the dictionary tooltip I hope you enjoy that one. Please let me know how that one works out for you. It's a good one. Coming up next, a language segment. It's time for a little bit of a language lesson. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Today we're talking about ED and ING forms of verbs. We call these participles. 
using them as a kind of adjective, giving us more information about a subject or about a noun. In your English reference book, you can find information about this grammar topic in the relative clause section, relative clauses. Um, in these cases, we're going to look at uh, present participles and past participles. Uh, this is usually the ing or the ed verb forms. They will be used in place of relative clauses. For example, here's a sentence with a relative clause. The people who are standing near the wall are friends of mine. That's a relative clause. Who are standing near the wall. Who are standing near the wall. It tells us which people. Okay, now here's the same sentence using the present participle. Standing. The people standing near the wall are friends of mine. Okay, so that's a kind of participle clause, standing near the wall. So the first one, relative clause, the people who are standing near the wall are friends of mine. And the second one with the participle, the people standing near the wall are friends of mine. Uh, using the participle in the second example makes the sentence a little shorter and maybe a little more common, especially in spoken English. In the introduction to this language segment, I called these ing and ed forms, but many past participles are not regular and they do not end with ed. For example, written, eaten, known, read, seen. So when we talk about ing and ed, um, ed we are talking about the regular forms. And all of these are called participles. Present participles and past participles. Okay. Let's look at some more examples of using participles in place of relative clauses. Uh, first, the present or ing form. The new bridge linking the two islands was incredibly expensive to build. The new bridge linking the two islands was incredibly expensive to build. Linking the two islands. Linking the two islands. We could use a relative clause. The new bridge that links the two islands. Okay, how about a past example? The flyers handed out by the protesters were confiscated by the police. The flyers handed out by the protesters were confiscated by the police. Handed out by the protesters. Handed out by the protesters. That's our participle clause. We could use a relative clause. The flyers that were handed out by the protesters. Okay, another example, uh, past. A tree blown down in the storm last night was blocking the road. A tree blown down in the storm last night was blocking the road. Blown down in the storm. We use these uh, ED or ING clauses, these, these participles to give more information about a subject, a noun. Which one? Which people? The people standing over there. Which tree? The tree blown down in the storm. Which flyers? The flyers handed out by the protesters.
What's a flyer? A flyer is a piece of paper with information on it, usually something that uh, people hand out to give you information about an event or something like that. Okay, here are some more examples of uh, ING clauses or present participle clauses. And you'll see that they have uh, a, a present meaning. The participle uh, has a present meaning. Were you one of the boys playing basketball at the park yesterday? Which boys? The ones playing basketball at the park yesterday. The email informing us of the new schedule was never sent. Which email? The one informing us of the new schedule. Passengers arriving after 10 p.m have to take a taxi to their hotels. Passengers arriving after 10 p.m. have to take a taxi to their hotels. I have to talk to that woman reading a magazine over there. I have to talk to that woman reading a magazine over there. Have you seen anyone riding a bike up that steep road? Have you seen anyone riding a bike up that steep road? Okay, um, let's move to using our past participles, the ED or the irregular past uh, participle form. Um, Let's have a few, one, two, three, four, five examples. Okay, let's listen. Some of the people invited to the wedding can't come. Which people? The ones invited to the wedding. A number of suggestions made at last week's meeting were very practical. Which suggestions? The ones made at last week's meeting. The money found on the table last week actually belonged to a friend of mine. The money found on the table last week actually belonged to a friend of mine. Did you see all of the cars parked at the neighbor's house last night? Did you see all of the cars parked at the neighbor's house last night? There were a few books written by children that I really liked. There were a few books written by children that I really liked. Well, I hope you learned something from this language segment, present participles and past participles. Um, I think that the best thing is to listen to it. Listen to this segment a few times and then use the new language. Use it, use it, use it. The next time you are speaking or writing English. Good luck. Gambate. Coming up next, we look at some other English learning podcasts. You are listening to, and I hope learning from, the English Teacher John Show. This is another new segment, and for now... I'm going to call it Podnobbin, <laughs> P-O-D-N-O-B-B-I-N apostrophe, Podnobbin. That term comes from 
Hobnobbin, which I plugged into the dictionary aggregator called onelook.com. And here are the definitions that I got for hobnob, H-O-B-N-O-B. A hobnob, to associate familiarly. That comes from Merriam-Webster's online dictionary at m-w.com. Hobnob, to spend time being, being friendly with someone who is important or famous. And that is from the Cambridge Advanced Learner's Dictionary at dictionary.cambridge.org. Hobnob, to associate on very friendly terms, usually followed by with. Hobnob with, that is from dictionary.com. Okay, I'm going to hobnob with the ESLEFL podcasts that are available online especially the most recent episodes. And I'm going to pass the information on to you, our listeners. Yeah, it's Podnobbin. Um, I've checked out some of these other um, English learning podcasts. And uh, yes, there really are a bunch out there now. Uh, I don't really want to comment on their quality or recommend uh, this podcast or that podcast. But I do want to let you know the contents of some of the uh, new episodes. Podcatcher, the program I use for checking out these podcasts. First of all, I use the Juice Podcatcher for checking out and downloading the podcast that I listen to regularly. Um, I now have so many podcasts listed in the juice, um, in my juice podcaster, podcatcher, that I decided to try a new podcatcher to use for the English learning podcasts. I chose Zipod or Zpod, Z or Z, I E P O D. And so far, I'm pretty happy with it. So I took the ESL, EFL podcast feeds out of Juice, my regular podcatcher, and loaded them into Zpod or Zipod. Now all of the English learning podcasts are together, and it's easier to see the new episodes. Hey, let's get Podnobbin! Uh, first, Podcast in English uh, is produced by Richard Kane and Jackie McAvoy, and it has a recent podcast called Veggie Mark Tells All. Now, that caught my eye because I have a friend and colleague named Mark who also is a vegetarian, um, but that is not my friend's voice on the uh, podcast. Uh it's a short interview with a guy named Mark, who I think is British, just like my friend and colleague named Mark. And Mark talks about vegetarianism. The episode date is November 6th, 2006, and it's a little more than three minutes long. Next, I like the recent Breaking News English episode entitled... Hair loss to be a thing of the past. Hey, that sounds pretty promising and, and exciting. Especially when you're a bald guy like me. Hey, it really hits home. Um, the episode is very short, about two minutes long. And the episode date is October 18th. I like the Breaking News English website. Actually, I really like the Breaking News English website, uh, which is run by Sean Banville uh, out of the UK, I believe. Um, it has a lot of activities that go along with the podcasts, with the different episodes. So check it out. Uh, third and last, at the English Conversations podcast... There's a recent episode called Living Overseas. Uh, 
which features a conversation with Mark and Seiko. Seiko talks about her time in San Francisco, Beijing, and Amsterdam. And they wander on to the topic of languages and being bilingual or multilingual. It's about six minutes in duration, and it's from November 14th. Uh, the English Conversations podcast and blog is produced by Aaron Patrick Campbell. Well, that's the end of our first Podnobbin segment. That's Podnobbin. <laughs> and I'm sure we will do more of these in the future. You can find links to all of the featured podcasts in the transcript, which is on our My English blog. Let me know if you like the Podnobbin segment. Right after the break, we'll have some famous quotations. Early to bed and early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. That's from Benjamin Franklin from Philadelphia one of our city's most important historical figures. Hey, it's time for a few quotations. In our last podcast, I read some quotations that were about change and transformation. Today, we'll look at some words of wisdom that are related to youth, being young, or young at heart. First, uh, Franz, Franz Kafka, uh, the great Czech writer, uh, lived from 1883 to 1924. He said, Youth is happy because it has the ability to see beauty. Anyone who keeps the ability to see beauty never grows old. And from George Bernard Shaw, 1856 to 1950. He was an Irish playwright um, who was based in the United Kingdom. He was the winner of the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1925. And he also won an Academy Award for a screenplay for, I believe, Pygmalion. George Bernard Shaw, he said... Youth is a wonderful thing. What a crime to waste it on children. <laughs> I thought that was quite interesting. Wasting youth on children. Maybe they are not the ones who can appreciate. <laughs> okay. Or I should say cannot appreciate it. Uh, next we go to, um, to the Romans. Marcus Cicero the Roman writer, politician, and great orator, or speaker. He lived from 106 to 43 B.C. or B.C.E. From Cicero, As I approve of a youth that has something of the old man in him, so I am no less pleased with an old man that has something of the youth. He that follows this rule may be old in body, but can never be so in mind. <laughs> and from Friedrich Nietzsche, um, the very famous and influential German philosopher. He lived from uh, 1844 to 1900. And the spelling and pronunciation of his name, Nietzsche, is uh, very, uh, very difficult. Uh, according to Bartleby.com, that's B-A-R-T-L-E-B-Y.com, um, the, the pronunciation is not Nietzsche, which is a common pronunciation, but it is in fact... Nietzsche. What was that again? Nietzsche. Okay, and Nietzsche said, 
I mean Nietzsche. The surest way to corrupt a youth is to instruct him to hold in higher esteem those who think alike than those who think differently. The surest way to corrupt a youth is to instruct him to hold in higher esteem those who think alike than those who think differently. Okay, I like that one. We should uh, appreciate and respect and hold in higher esteem those who think differently. And uh, from Lord Oxford from uh, England, born Herbert Henry Asquith, but later known as Lord Oxford, lived from 1852 to 1928. And he served as the Liberal Prime Minister of the United Kingdom from 1908 to 1916. And he said, Youth would be an ideal state if it came a little later in life. Youth would be an ideal state if it came a little later in life. (laughs) I think many can agree with that one. Uh, Off to the Greeks, Aristotle, one of the most famous uh, Greeks, uh, lived from uh, B.C. 384 to 322, the uh, Greek philosopher Aristotle. He said, All who have meditated on the art of governing mankind have been convinced that the fate of empires depends on the education of youth. All who have meditated on the art of governing mankind have been convinced that the fate of empires depends on the education of youth. And finally, to Albert Einstein, 1879 to 1955, of course, the uh, German-born American physicist. And he said, I live in that solitude which is painful in youth but delicious in the years of maturity. I live in that solitude which is painful in youth but delicious in the years of maturity. Wow, that's great. All right, well, play those a few times and... um, you might uh, want to check those out on the blog, the, the text of those. I hope you enjoyed those. Okay, it's about time to sign off from Matsumoto. Uh, you can find the transcript for most of this show on our My English blog. And that's also a place where you can post your comments and suggestions. Our blog and all of our video and audio podcasts, more transcripts, other language help, the pictures of my bald head, and more are at EnglishTeacherJohn.com. Our email address is podcast at EnglishTeacherJohn.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the English Teacher John Show. My name is John Coons. Have a great week. And remember, eat right, play often, smile every day, and stay young at heart and mind. Youth, youth, youth. You're only immersed in it once in your life. But with the right mindset and attitude, you can remain there your entire life. Thanks to Martin Chanel, our music man. I'll see you next week. And I'm going to leave you with an insightful Bertrand Russell quotation. The whole problem with the world is that fools and fanatics are always so certain of themselves and wiser people so full of doubts. <laughs>